You. I'm Sean Styers. It's nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we doing here? Two guys talking sports movies. Today's movie is For Love of the Game. Another Kevin really Costner movie. Really cheesy title, I feel like. But I'm going to be a little more critical of this one than, than we've been. This, If you've been listening to our podcast series, God bless you, first of all. <laughs> Thank you to the two of you. Yeah. But we're finishing the Kevin Costner baseball movie trilogy with this one. We've done Field of Dreams. We started with that. We did Bull Durham last week. And so now we're on to For Love of the Game. And, of course, Bull Durham released in 88, Field of Dreams a year later in 89. And this one, 10 years later, 1999. One thing that I found weird about this is um, Bull Durham, he played an aging baseball player. And that came out in That's 88. True. Aging minor league baseball player. And now we're 11 years later. And he he's was playing another his- aging he Baseball was in player. his early 30s, yeah, but like 10, 11 years later, he's only 40 years old. Right, but yeah. I guess that's the magic of movies, right? Yeah, well, sure. Don't, don't Suspend be, disbelief. Don't have to be held to anything, but... So you want to be critical. What, what do you got with well, it? Well, let's, let's, let's just go through this step oh, by okay. step. I'm not just going to jump in with all guns blazing oh. on this, but okay. it is distinctly different than the first two. The biggest similarity is that just like with Bull Durham in Field of Dreams, there's a montage at the front of uh, For Love of the Game. I found that interesting. All three of these start off with montages of sorts. And I did like the way it, it kind of pulls you in. It, it gives you that. It gives guys, I think, and probably girls too, the sentimental tug because it's got, it goes through the stages of how he got into baseball, somewhat similar to Field of Dreams. He's playing catch with dad and clips of him playing Little League and all that stuff, getting drafted by the Tigers. Uh, the how the owner there's a newspaper clipping how the owner of the Tigers pledged to Billy Chappell's dad to take care of him, kind of setting up that relationship that we're going to find out about here in a little bit. How he dominated Billy Chappell, the, the Costner character, dominated for the '84 Tigers, the best Tigers team of all time in that World Series. The whole thing, and it just sets the stage so we know all the background. And then the first talking scene we get is Billy with his catcher Gus played by John C. Riley on the plane, talking about his sore arm. So we're set up now for, okay, boom, here it is. Now we get into the meat and potatoes. And that actually, the uh, montage scene, I guess some of the shots were actually Kevin Costner and his real-life parents with him as a kid. That's that's because I went through the IMDb, you know, kind of scrolling through the characters. And, uh, yeah, it, both both his mom and dad showed up on the little thumbnails. Right. The photos, his, his actual parents were... In those photos, which and I and his dad, I know, has been in even more like when we talked about last time that you still haven't seen Dances with Wolves. He was like a union soldier in Dances with Wolves. And I think he was in um, uh, Bull Durham as well. He's been in a few of his movies over the years. Well, I'm glad they started with the montage because I'm sure one of the things you're going to be critical of is that this movie is just way too long. We haven't talked about it, but I'm sure that's where you're going to go. But it goes to the. The storyline and kind of how they use so, it. But I like that they did a montage that catches you up to speed so you yeah. feel like you know the characters within the first couple minutes. I do like the flashback motif. I, I like the way they do that, how he's flashing back. And I mean, I, I think one thing is you always kind of wonder, you know, we see these, we see athletes as athletes. You're there to do a job. You're a professional athlete and all that stuff. But they actually do have things going on in their real lives. And so that's, it kind it, it, it shows you a little bit of that, I guess. So that, that is one bit of realism that I do appreciate. So then you also spoke to the, the first talking point is with 
him and his catcher Gus, played by John C. Riley, mm-hmm. which I knew he was in it, but I kind of forgot that was the first movie I've ever seen John C. Riley in. Oh yeah, growing up, I guess he had already done Gangs with New York, or they came out about the same time. Okay, and he was in um, obviously Step Brothers later, and that's where he really <laughs> evolved into a comedy guy. And he had some quips in this movie, and then of course Chicago, the, yeah, the musical. But um, I'm, see, I'm trying to I I can't remember the timeline. Because I think I told you before, I did not see for love of the for love of the game when it was in theaters, and it took me probably at least six, seven years or so to see it. At some point, it was just one for whatever reason didn't seem to have too much appeal to me, and, and it still doesn't. Well, there are parts of it I like. There are parts <laughs> of it I don't like. When was the last time you saw it? Do you remember? Before this week, um, probably. It's like a once a year watch movie for me. So you're really into this. Yeah, it's a good movie to put on like when I'm missing baseball and just have it in the background. Actually watching it critically and paying attention, even yeah. for me who loves the movie. That's a lot different. Yep, it was a little bit I, slower. We're we're both really good doing this for the first time where we're sitting down and picking things apart and I think it's definitely different when you're doing that. When you're when you're taking notes you're trying to remember things. You're criticizing, and we sit here and talk about it. It's different, definitely different doing it this way than and just watching just it for entertainment, enjoying it. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask. So this is not a top five baseball movie for you. Well, here's what I want to ask you first. Since we've ne- and th- the short answer to that is no, it sure. is not. It's not a top five sports movie. Period. For it's not in my top twenty. Yeah. Sports movies wow. all the time. So. And I'll get, again, I'll get to the specifics on that in a minute. But since we've now watched the three Costner baseball movies, sure. how would you rank them in order? One, two, three. What's your number one? Mm, I'd probably put this one number one. I, I've really grown up liking this movie. Maybe it's because it's... That surprised it. Was... Surprise it but, I, but, I, but then again, you didn't see Bull Durham until last week. So. Right. <laughs> and this movie came out when I was... Younger, and it was one of the first sports movies I probably ever watched in theaters. So maybe as a nostalgia factor for me. Okay. And I'd put Bull Durham number two, which might surprise you. Interesting. Field of Dreams, I was thinking about that as I was watching this. And if you didn't understand the Black Sox scandal and everything else, I don't know how much that. And to me, like I say, Field of Dreams is a little too sci-fi for me. Yeah. They're just a little too much disbelief. See, I, I, I guess I, I don't I get it's. I wish I could remember how I felt exactly about it the first time I saw it. But. Seeing it so many times, and because of all the the relationship stuff that it's interwoven in there, I guess I by my 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 disbelief is suspended. So I bought into that. Bull Durham is my number one. Sure, it's I, I think especially for the comedy factor compared to the other two, but you still have some relationship. Field of Dreams is my number two. Still like it, and it might have been my number one coming into this, but coming out of it three weeks later, Field of Dreams is number two for love of the game. Is Doesn't easily, even rank. Easily number three. Also receiving votes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So is it in your top five all-time sports movies? It is. I need to reevaluate my list, I think. But uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Like I said, there's a lot of baseball stuff in there. There's a lot of good one-liners in there, I think. We'll get to that later. There's a lot of connections in that movie. It has a nostalgia factor for me. I felt like it. That the romance of a perfect game even – that's what I think really does it for me. It's not the love story. It's not any of that. It's him going So you weren't it. going through a breakup when you saw this the first time, and that's why it's affected you all these years later? Wow. Are we getting deep? 
do I gotta lay on a couch and pay you for this? No, no, I wasn't. (laughs) No, but it. That's fine that you don't I like it. I to be a marine biologist and psychologist, a marine psychologist. Yeah, and how'd that up. work out for you? Um, I don't know. So I came into this with a bunch of notes knowing that I have to defend it with whatever you're going to say, which is fine. Did your opinion of it change at all before watching it again? I watched it. I started it pretty late at night. Right after watching it again. And so. uh, halfway through, I'm like, okay, how much is left? And it didn't <laughs> flow as quickly as Bull Durham, let's say. See, and that's it's funny because like with the others, boom, one sitting, I got through it. Yeah. This, I had to pause. I paused at about an hour, and I went, man, there's an hour and 17 minutes left. <laughs> and so I did some other stuff for a while and then came well, back the to it the last five later. minutes are credits. So that's well, fine. That's true. That's true. I mean, it ends. <laughs> no, it, actually, it, it actually does end – Five to eight minutes sooner right. than, than the actual time on there. But, yeah, it was still – there yep. were some parts where it where it drags. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. So what do you want to talk about? Well, I'll, I'll jump right into it. Sure. One of the things that we've talked about with the other movies, and specifically Field of Dreams even more so, is is it a baseball movie? Is it a relationship movie? And for me, I love the baseball stuff. And you mentioned the, sure. the whole thing about the perfect game and, and the whole thing. I love the baseball stuff in For Love of the Game. But – my problem with it is I think it's far more a relationship movie than it is a baseball movie because that's that's the tug on this whole thing. And I think Bull Durham was the complete opposite. While Field of Dreams is maybe closer to 50-50, but maybe even slightly 60-40 baseball because there's so much baseball. Right. But and, and I do like the flashbacks and all that stuff, but I thought that they went too heavy on the relationship <laughs> with Jane. It's just, especially, again, watching it again, I mean, the second hour of the movie, I, I think that at that point, guys just want to see if he's going to finish the perfect game, but they're going on with all this and the 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 relationship and the whole thing. And, and I get it, the mass appeal, women love Kevin Costner. I mean, again, 99, that was probably the pinnacle for him before maybe the backside started, even though he was on... The Dan Patrick show recently and got mad at Pauly for saying that <laughs> saying that exactly <laughs> he might be on the backside. Well, but, say, some people might think this movie was on his backside, yeah. right? But say, you know, to, again, it's like you're you're at that point in the movie where I think if you're a guy, and I'm generalizing obviously, but I think more as a guy, I want to know is he going to finish the perfect game the, the first time I saw it. But as a woman, you're going, oh, they're going to end up together. Yeah. And spoiler alert, they both happen. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm watching it and I. Obviously, I love the dual timeline, I say. You know, you have the flashbacks and stuff. I like that. But even me, who's enjoying it, at one point, I was like, wow, I didn't remember this flashback <laughs> being this long. This, yeah, and there was one yeah, where it, was, it really, the flashback really, stu- and it might have been kind of he's at her apartment yeah. or something like that. And again, they do a montage, but they still with the questions and all that other stuff. And the it montages. Just, there are montage after montage. Let me see. I counted one. More montages than a Rocky movie? a lot movie? of montages <laughs> yeah. in this thing. There are like at least four different montages, I think, and and it's like, could you have montaged that scene? In the yeah, right. So instead? then I started to think, what could they have cut? That's what I started to That's think. Right. Like, do they really need the hand injury in there? I guess, I guess it. You know, one of the things that happens there is he basically says out because he's like, instead of "I need you, Jane," thank you for being here. Get the trainer; he's the most he's import- the most important person yeah. in the world to me right now. Right, and then you see the look on her face, and it's like, whoa! But then that spirals into them breaking up again. Yeah. But then that's what I'm saying. That whole they could have broken up for something else. 
you know, they don't need a whole hand injury. I guess maybe that appeals a little bit to the game because then he starts to move his hand around and Gus and the manager say, hey, are you okay? And they know where it's going. Yeah. But do we really need all that? Couldn't it just be like, wow, it's a 41-year-old pitcher that's had whatever many pitches he could be tired. You don't need this surgery and the cut and the rehab and all that. And then it would save you 20 minutes off the movie. That's true, too. Because, I mean, he was already getting older. So right. I suppose that's true. Did we really need that added extra in there? But to me, and this is – we have a category in this, mm-hmm. things that bug you about the movie. The the whole thing with the daughter. Did the daughter storyline, did Heather need to be in there? To me, that's an extra 15 Oof. minutes that I'm never getting back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did she – did that because – that was the whole thing. Jane was like, I had a daughter when I was 16, and you can do this, Billy, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like that yeah. That was really the only reason in the story that the daughter needed to be in there is so that she could drop that one line, and then Billy completely disregards her anyway. I disagree because I think the reason that the daughter was in there is that that's how they get back together at one time. Because he runs into her? Because she's like, she's oh, my – which – you can say this bugs you, but like a team bus is going to go pick up the – but she they do. And so that's how he – and then she's like, well, why don't you come in? And then that's when they hit it off for and real she, this time. That's the first time they actually have a relationship. He didn't even know about her until that night. And he drops everything, gets the team bus, the Detroit Tigers <laughs> team bus, to go from Fenway Park to some apartment in the middle of Boston. Probably, probably a block away. Someplace. No, probably just but, one block yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right behind the sitco. She has never met him. Right. But she's going to open the door and trust mm-hmm. him and get on the team bus and go to the airport with him. So what part don't you agree with here? <laughs> <laughs> Times were different back then. Do you want to get the other stuff that bugs us before we yeah, I got move some. on since I... we've jumped into it? Go ahead. <laughs> well, how do they meet? On the highway, right? Right. And he's trying to fix her car. And he's like, wow, I wish I would have paid attention in shop class. And then he start, he's like, turn the key and see if we can figure this out. Would you be grabbing random engine parts while, while someone's she's turning the key? Yeah. That bugged me, especially, especially as a if pitcher. You're a millionaire, yeah. yeah, pitcher, yeah. walking down by the side of the road, just t- trying to meet, right, some lady. That I'm sure he doesn't have any problem meeting people anyway. No, they even referenced so. that when she sits down. Anyway, yeah. so that part bugged me. Um, another part that bugged me is, um, like I said, that he was old in Bull Durham 11 years ago, and he was still old. Yeah, it's like, well, wouldn't he be like beyond retired? But again, that's a movie thing. And then the last thing I put, um, Ken Strout when he meets him in the little tunnel, uh-huh. walking out to the game, right. He's like, oh, your dad, I remember him, talks nicely about him, tell him I said hi. Was that a, like an eye roll or a head shake that Ken Strout gave? <laughs> like what was the – like uh, Kevin Costner couldn't have been nicer. I think that was just bad acting. I, I think Was it? <laughs> well, so. either way, well, it still bugs me. Well, what was because that? Because it was like, oh, Billy's such a good guy. I think that's what he was But he shook his to. head no, not like, yeah, with a smile. He shook his head yeah. no and an eye roll. Maybe, Maybe it was so. bad acting, but it Maybe still bugged so. me. Uh, one of the things that bugs me is they were originally in the storyline talking about Billy starting at Boston, which would have been, I think, the day after this game at Yankee Stadium. Major League Baseball, no starting pitcher, especially one that old, gets moved up a day. You're going to get bumped <laughs> back a day before you're going to get moved up a day. Well, so he, that bugs me. And he got bumped up to pitch the last game of the year? Was it really the last game of the year? Because that's why... It was his last start of the year. They were trying to help... But I thought they were still going to Boston. They were trying to help Boston because if they could beat New York, Boston would have a chance, I thought. So but it's all way. over the place. Either way. Yeah. Because they were talking about him. Was he, he going to start got bumped in Boston? Up. Yeah. Right. I love the Vin Scully. I think Vin Scully helps 
move it along and sets a lot of stuff up. Now, talking about shadows and sunlight, that might very well sum up Billy Chappell. Long has he stood in the brilliant sunshine in his great 19-year career, but now battling back from an 8-11 and 11 record this year, trying to fight his way out of the shadows back into the sunlight. He'll be facing Mike Robinson, followed by Jonathan Warble, and then Sam Tuttle. Bottom of the first inning, no score, and the Yankees coming up. But he mentions perfect game a million times, and I know that's kind of one of his th- – there's always a broadcaster thing. Do you mention – I wrote no that down, too. Game? Do you not? And it's, and it's fine that he would, but he mentions it a million times. Yeah. You might mention it once or twice, but I don't think he's going to hit it as much as he was hitting it in the last half hour or so of the movie. See, like when the White Sox, Mark Burley had his perfect game, Hawk Harrelson did the same thing. He kind of went nuts. Said, like, call your friends, call your neighbors, call your people because we had a perfect game going. Yeah, that bugs me too. Especially if you're a homer announcer, you might be able to get away with it. But obviously they're putting Steve Lyons He's and Vince Scully guy. as a network announcer. I don't feel like they'd bring it up as much. You're going to get all kinds of, well, at that time, you might not have even gotten that many emails because it's still 1999. But that's... That's another thing, you know. All these, all three of these baseball movies were set before all of the electronic te- technology, you know, technology advancements. Sure. We're on the fringe social of social media, there. even having a cell phone. Just like because them whole losing track of each other for five weeks or three months or whatever it was. Right. Today you've got your cell phone and you're just a text away. Right. And if you don't respond, then you're being ghosted. But back then, <laughs> so you had to be. Next to a phone that you knew was going to be – like him, he was on the road all the time. So he was never going to be by a phone. Right. Well, one thing you – She knew she could, she could call him at. So do you have more stuff that bugs you? Because I can dovetail off that or we can go with more that bugs you. Go ahead. I'm going to say, so one thing you asked, does it hold up always? One thing that I don't think holds up is that she meets him at the bar for their second meeting because, like they said, they put a date out there months in advance. Yeah. They'll just both show up at this place at 7 o'clock or whatever. Yeah. So one, I think that's – not holding up because you would text or at least call be in contact. Very true. And then two, they're like borderline having an argument out in front of that hotel and people are asking for autographs and stuff. Nowadays, you'd have people recording them, you'd have pictures, and then he'd end up trending on TMZ after that. That's true. There'd be selfies and video. And yeah, yeah if if Billy Chappell said something bad or they would have, I'm not a groupie and all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then they could have, and she doesn't screw like Does that Billy or whatever. Billy Chappell yeah. have a groupie? Yeah. So yeah. And you'd have people that, Saying he mistreats people or whatever. Go ahead. I'm going to say another thing that doesn't hold up. To have a perfect game, you have to win it, right? So what won? It was Gus's double and then his scoring of the run. He was out at second, I think. <laughs> Nowadays, there would be replay. instant replay now. I was thinking that too. Yeah. It, it, now it's it second because he gets up and he goes, he goes, good call. Yeah. And now, you, yeah, you'd have an instant replay. There wouldn't be, it wouldn't matter. It's also a very bad slide because he. I know. His whole he's, body was past the bag as his hand reached back to grab and it. And he's to the mound side of yeah. the bag as well. Right. It was not, not – no, you could tell John C. Riley hasn't played much baseball in his Well, and life. he's also – they actually reference saying in the movie he's but not he can sing. offensive. Yeah, he can sing. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's what you took from this. Yeah. Favorite scenes? I think my favorite scene, it's kind of a long one. It's not really one scene, but the whole thing of the eighth inning when – they come out to the mound, and he's like, has anybody been on? And yeah, the, Gus, when he looks at the scoreboard and sees all the zeros. And Gus, that uh, really... not that I've seen. How you doing, Ace? Anybody been on base? Nobody. Nobody? This I ain't seen much of. Me neither. Chappie, I never have. What's the matter? I don't know if I have anything left. Chappie, you just throw whatever you got. Whatever's left. The boys are all here for you. We'll back you up. We'll be there. Because Billy, 
We don't stink right now. We're the best team in baseball right now, right this minute, because of you. You're the reason. We're not going to screw that up. We're going to be awesome for you right now. Just throw. All right? Come on. Come on. And then it goes off of that, and you get Mickey Hart making the saving the home run which is a throwback to that play in Boston, mm-hmm. and all the defense starts picking him up, and they start helping him. That, I mean, it's like a 10-minute, is that a scene? No, that, I mean, that's that I, like, inning. I like that as well, and I have that on here as well, because he looks up, and he asks Gus if anyone's been on base, and the kid in right field that you were talking about, because there's a scene, or I like how they tied that in to the scene earlier, because the guy, it, again, it would have been a viral video today. but The Jose Canseco play. It was play. essentially, yeah, Jose Canseco moment. He takes a ball off the top of his head. It bounces into the stands, which I don't know, again, how realistic that was, because it was supposed to happen at Fenway, and the <laughs> wall where they show him doing it is like three feet taller than him, but in Fenway, everything is in right field is down around waist level. Unless maybe he was jumping really high in the green monster and his head <laughs> hit it over that. There you go. And that's, but, but no, yeah, and that's kind of what they were looking And even if it was supposed to be the green monster, it wasn't nearly right. tall oh, enough to yeah. be the green monster. But So they're in the locker room, and Billy tells the kid, the young kid, don't let him make a joke out of it, the media and all that stuff. The next time we're in Boston, I'll work with you. And it just shows his connection to his teammates and his loyalty and all that kind of stuff. And see, this is you talk about relationships in all the movies. This one almost has more baseball relationships because, like, Sam Tuttle comes up and they talk about they have a history and they don't like each other. Yeah. Um, Birch, is that his name? The guy for the Yankees that were their best friends. He helped him move after yeah. he signed the contract. You got Mickey Hart in right field. You got uh, the catcher. There's all these baseball connections and baseball relationships. So. You say that you don't like it because they don't go, no, I'm saying I'm saying you like relationships like in Field of Dreams but not in this the one. The Jane stuff. That's one. Jane stuff goes too far. And I I really like sitting there watching it because most of the time I think when I've watched it before, I do own the DVD, but this might be the first time I've actually watched it start to finish on the DVD, which again is weird because I own all these DVDs. Very rarely do you actually sit down and watch it all, but so, like the montage and stuff, I hadn't seen that that we talked about at the very beginning. I hadn't seen that because usually I'll see it like it's on AMC or whatever. Pick it up and halfway flipping through. around. Yeah. And what I would typically do is I would watch the baseball stuff, and then you'd watch a couple minutes. Okay, here comes Jane again. All right, I'll flip over. Wow. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Wow. That's hurtful. I like, I like Kelly Preston as an actress. I've always liked her. But I just, I don't know. Wasn't doing it for you in this movie. I don't know. Didn't quite get it. I like the bullpen scene before it started at Yankee Stadium. J.K. Simmons, another. I mean, you've got John C. Riley and J.K. Simmons, who's the manager, the bald guy right. who, who, by the way, I, I looked him up on IMDb. He has 194 credits wow. in his life. That That's is a pretty lot. good. That's a lot of work. He's Staying done, busy. Yeah, I mean, because really, just what, until the last seven, eight years, probably when he won that Academy Award? It's just like, been... He pops up in a lot of different things, but... He's someone who hasn't really gained notoriety until recently. He was the he was the dad in Juno. Did you ever see J.K. Juno? Simmons? Is that what you're talking about? Did I say what did I say? No, I don't know. I'm asking which guy. Yeah, you're J.K. About. Simmons, the guy yeah. who played the manager. Um, yeah. Well, and then he's done those commercials now. Yeah, all the, uh, the farmers. Insurance. Is it farmers? We are or? farmers. Yeah, we've yeah. covered it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of people know him from a lot of different spot stuff, but nobody can place him in anything because he had so many bit roles. Yeah. He's also had a few TV shows that flamed out. But uh, so. The, he's the manager. Mm-hmm. He wants someone else to catch mm-hmm. for Billy that day. And Billy says, I want Gus. If Gus don't catch, I'm not pitching. Yeah. And Gus ends up 
catching and turns out winning the, the only game. run of the day as yeah. well. What well, what great writing that was. Oh man, who would have known? <laughs> I actually if you were, just stuck with Gus, you would win. Well, if he had hit like that all year, he would have been starting. That's true. Which, Gus hadn't been hitting. And back then, I guess, you know, you had more dedicated catchers, so it would have been like now catchers only play every other game almost. They split so much time. Yeah. But back then that was probably They sit at least once a week probably. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wrote down one of my favorite quotes is from that same scene cuz uh have I ever missed a game? He goes, well, that's true of everyone until the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. But the guy's been doing it for 19 years, so come yeah. on. Cut yeah. him some slack. I think he's been around a while. Yeah. He's earned some some credit, right? I don't know. The whole timeline of the day, if you really want to dissect it, because he wakes up hungover, right? Yeah. Then he goes to the ballpark. Because he was sitting there waiting for Jane, who didn't show oh, up the night before. Yeah. Can't wait till we talk about our least favorite character. Can't, <laughs> can't even guess what you're going to say. But then, so then Play it a game, Jane. He gets to the ballpark, and he's late, but it's still daytime, and the movie ends way at night. I don't know. Was he even that late, really? Good point. He, Mark Burley, when he threw his perfect game for the White Sox, he was late to the ballpark that day. He didn't have time to pick up his energy drink he picked up before every start. Mm-hmm. There was an article in Sports Illustrated about how imperfect his day was. Yeah. So, makes sense to me. We usually, like when we do favorite scenes and favorite lines, they kind of blur together. This one was tougher because, one, it's not a comedy. I mean, there's touches of – Gus is kind of the comedic relief in there. But there, there's just not the quotable stuff like you have in either Field of Dreams or in Bull Durham, for example. I mean, there there are some lines, but you have to look a little bit deeper. Sure. I think. And they might even be quicker than the other ones. There's, yeah. there's a couple speeches, but – I think my favorite quote, one of them is uh, from – most of them from Gus, but uh, a lot of little bottles makes up a big one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I've used that line on my friends before when we've been at hotels. Okay. You know, a lot of little bottles make up one big one. It's very true. And another one when he's sitting with Jane, your favorite, at dinner for I'm the – I'm not saying I hate Jane. For the first time. I'm just saying the Jane story, like they could have easily lopped off 15 minutes of that storyline and still been a pretty tight, pretty good movie. Yeah. And then when, then it's not a – romantic movie then she's just a bit role i think there's still some in there and again maybe if you just cut out the daughter storyline then it, we've tightened it up and, no, and we're right sounds on like, pace sounds like you just want to watch a baseball game if you want to watch a baseball game don't watch a movie i told you i like the baseball <laughs> stuff yeah i know well go watch a movie or go watch a game so go ahead continue i so cut you off they're at the dinner for the first time and they're talking, and she's like, do you ever lose? And he's like, yeah, I've lost so many times. And she's like, what? And he's like, that's over this many years. She's like, you keep track of that? And my favorite line was, that's what we do in baseball. Yeah. We count everything. Especially, everything. Especially now, it's even worse than back then. Because now that's true. war wasn't even a stat back then, and now it's one of the most defying stats of a person. Absolutely. I, the, the, the simple one is clear the mechanism. I, I always like that because he's, he's going to the mound. It's loud. There's He's looking around. The place is packed, obviously. It's Yankee Stadium. You've got people heckling him, yelling his name, and he does the clear the mechanism. Can I always tell when he's in here?
it's I, I think we've talked about this before. The Yankees manager is played by Augie Garrido. Who's mm. that? He was the head coach at Cal State Fullerton. He actually played at Cal State Fullerton, but he and Costner became friends because Costner is a big college baseball baseball fan, but college baseball too. And then he won some national championships at Texas. But that that comes that that part came from him, like the whole mental part, the blocking out. And I've just always thought that's really because all because one second everything is loud and noisy and and your your head is just all over the place and he he's got the mental trick and then it's tunnel vision it was what was it hello mike yeah. i think where he's he's in line and then of course later in the game in the ninth inning after he realizes it's a perfect game and the whole thing and there's all the noise he tries to do the same but he can't block it out because the moment is just so big and I think it was intense, but when he throws later in the game, when he knows he's got nothing left and it's a 3-0 count, and he throws that first strike to Birch, I think it was. Maybe it was the eighth inning. Whatever. And he throws that first strike, and then the music picks up, and you see him lift his head up and his eyes. I think that's an intense scene. And he, that's when he got it back just enough to be able to finish the game. Yeah. Also, it's kind of weird that he only had one three-ball count. All the other counts seemed to be 0-2 strikeout. Because he went to 3-0. and before he finally came back to strike that guy out. I'd like to know his pitch count in that game. <laughs> That's probably another thing that wouldn't hold up. He probably he probably would have been pulled after the seventh inning, perfect game or not. I don't know if it was Mike Perfect Pacina. game? Perfect game is tough. Especially when you're – it's one thing if you're 25, but if you're 40, because you're 25, your manager's going to tell you he's protecting you for the rest of your career and, and we got whatever. But if you're 40 and it's potentially the last game of your life – I think you're going to stick in there. Well, I just read like last week, Nolan Ryan had a 234 pitch no hitter. Wow. That Where's was, my pat on the butt? Is that was the like that manager line? went out? Yeah, yeah, I like that line. Where's my pat on the butt? Because he he basically told him, "This is what's going to happen. You're going to go back. <laughs> you're going to pat me on the butt and say go get him." And so the manager walks away without saying anything. Where's my pat on the butt? And then he gives it I to like him. That. Yeah. Well, then uh, you can get. Did you know that they had a lot of the players that they showed stats for for the Yankees? They were based on real-life people. I didn't know that. Like one guy comes up to pinch hit in the top of the – or bottom of the ninth, but the first hitter, and his stats were like 373 with 10 home runs, 27 RBIs, and those were Shane Spencer's stats for that previous season. Really? Um, Davis Birch played uh, Paul O'Neill's stats from the previous year. Um, so I guess they actually threw back to real stats from the Yankee people, which is pretty impressive. Interesting. I did. I did see again looking at the credits that there were a lot of actual players, not a lot of big name guys, but there were actual players who were in uniform at different parts in the movie as well. And most of the Yankees were from their minor league system that came up just were to they? play bit roles. Okay. And Sam Tuttle, the guy that's the villain in the movie, kind of, uh, he was actually drafted by the Rangers at one point. No kidding. Yep. So there you go. Your research has paid off. I don't know if it's paid off at Proud all. Of you. Ready. Another line I like is the guy in the airport lounge when he says, I can name a Yankee for every number. I figured you would love that. Uh, and she goes, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, what? You can't smoke in a bar? Now you can't talk in a bar? <laughs> to me, I don't know if you thought this, but the the uh, tow truck guy. Was it the same one? And the and the guy in the bar, they're not the same guy. But I they, looked it up. They look and sound like they could be the same guy. I wrote down that they cast New Yorkers very well. Yeah. Because I thought the same thing. I thought it was the same guy. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool throwback. Yeah. But it's not even the same individual. I thought so. Yeah, this is the first time that I've looked it up. They are not the same guy. <laughs> so uh, what else? Do you get any more lines that you've got? Any scenes that we left out? Uh, 
No, I think that's about all I got. I have a couple of things. Like um, Jane was based off of Jane Austen, the character. Jane Austen. is a writer. I know that. Okay. And she wrote, she wrote a book called – or she wrote Sense and Sensibilities. Okay. And the first article that Billy Chappell finds that she wrote in this book was Sense and Sensibilities. Uh, C-E-N-T-S yeah. and Sensibilities. Yeah. Nice little throw there. Interesting. And then um, I guess on the plane when Billy Chappell is reading a book – the book is um, The Killer Angels, which is also by the same author who wrote For Love of the Game, the book. Mm-hmm. So he's given himself some credit in that regard. I think my favorite character is Gus because I think there's too much self-pity from the two main characters myself. Okay, so I put for favorite character Gus and Vin Scully. I think do we he, consider Vin a, a character? I do. He's poetic throughout the movie. He's kind yeah. of the narrator of the whole thing. And even he was the one that kicks off a lot of the montages. And especially the lines like uh, the cathedral, this Yankee Stadium belongs to a chapel. See, I don't like that. I love it. I don't think it's something it's so over dramatic. I, I think it's I think it's over the oh, just overboard cheesy Hollywood writing. I don't think Vin Scully would say that. Oh, I just it's baseball. What else are you going to talk about? He's working on that line that for nine innings. Give me a break. Jeez, <sighs> tough crowd. It is. I'm telling you. Fine. Go. I was I was struck by how much I, I found myself just going eh. Throughout most of the movie. Okay, well, my least favorite characters I wrote were Billy, Jane, and Ken Strout. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all three. So you don't really like the lead characters either. No, at some point, they just have too much back and forth. That's why I mean they could have – you say they – I'm trying to defend the movie, but you say they could have cut out this. I, mean, I love the baseball story. They could have like, cut the out – aging guy and he's out there. I love that. And I, and I get that if you're going to tie it all the move, tie the whole thing together, you can't just have that. I just felt like the relationship thing went too far. For two people who really didn't know each other that well to begin with, right. the fact that they stayed connected just off and on casually for five years and it's this big a deal, I, I just wasn't buying it. Well, then even like when she has the guy with the art gallery, I don't need that. Yeah. Like, I don't need any – like they just could have done the first breakup or whatever when she comes down to spring training and then they could have got back together and finished the movie and it would have been fine. But the fact she kept – she almost treated him poorly for a while, too. Mm-hmm. He treated her poorly. At this point, you both should just give up. It's obviously not working. Yeah, and I mean, the whole thing about, you know, one of the things where she lays out the ground rules, and it reminded me of Seinfeld because it's like, that never happens. Once you're together, you're together because she she's like, no, no obsessing, no phone calls, no why didn't you call, and you know all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the first time push comes to shove, it doesn't he invites work. her to come down to spring training. She won't come, and because the whole thing was like we, we're both entitled to live our own lives when we're not together, we're not committed to each other. And so he's getting a massage. She brings the female masseuse to his house. The next morning, he gets up, and there's Jane at the door, and she's completely jealous as soon as, as, soon as she finds out. Yeah, and where were. Mm. And he still didn't know she had a daughter, so where was the daughter through all that was staying with her father, who's not a very good parent, parental figure? Yeah. So maybe Jane's just a bad mom. She could be. She just, I mean, the, twice in the movie, at least, we saw her just flight out of town, once at the rental car, and then yeah. once down to Florida. Yep. And she wonders why she has a relationship issue with her daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Billy. <laughs> I'll see ya. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Any casting changes you would have made? So... I put that Kevin Costner at this point is baseball. Again, we've, I've said this for three podcasts now. But he's a totally believable character because yeah. he's played so many baseball movies. 
Jane maybe could have been rewritten, obviously, or with its, I wonder if it had been a less well-known actress if the role would have been smaller. Well, she. I wonder if writing to the role. I don't think Kelly Preston is a huge star. The biggest thing about her was she was in Jerry Maguire a couple years before, so maybe she had a little bit more visibility. Obviously, married to John Travolta, Travolta in the whole thing. But other than that, like think about Kelly Preston's career. Those are probably the two things that she's most known for, at least to probably guys like us. And right? then being for married to Travolta. Yeah. And I guess that the role almost went to Annette Benning, but she was busy doing I don't remember what movie. Hmm. And I don't know who she is that well. So that's what I mean like Renee Russo came to mind, but she might have been too popular at the time. So I think you almost gotta find somebody you it's unknown completely, so then you yeah. can Almost write the role down to be much smaller. Whatever you want it. Yeah, and then you you pare it down a little bit. Yeah, because, man, that was a long movie. <laughs> See, even you're you're admitting it now. Well, yeah. You I, finally come around to I it. I told you right away I thought it was there a little was long. I, I too st- much Jane. There were like at least three <sighs> No, you Jane know, too scenes. much baseball. How about that? <laughs> I don't need to see an inning-by-inning breakdown of every at-bat for the perfect game. A lot of montages, though. A lot of montages. Could have been longer. Thank God for the montages. Because, again, yeah, like they needed they needed probably two more montages. But at that point, they're like, we've already got five montages. How are we going to work two more montages into this thing to speed it up? That's kind of what we need for our podcast, maybe. It's just a montage of Someone's us. Someone's pushing <laughs> montage right now. They're listening to us at two speed. Two times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, should it ever be remade? Remade? Uh, I don't think so. I, here's another thing that kind of bugs me. Part of what I loved about the movie was the perfect game, but they are so rare and so special in baseball yeah. that it's almost tough to see in a fictitious sense. Cause it's like, oh, it's like you're almost not doing the real game of baseball justice. See, now getting the baseball stuff. It made the movie great, but I don't need to see a bunch of movies with perfect games in them. That's true. You could just call it the perfect game. Sure. Or uh, have no hitters, maybe. And then, like, don't show any walks or anything, but maybe not reference them. By the way, the other part is the title of the movie, For Love of the Game. Yeah. For Love of the Game. For the Love of the Game. For the Love of the Game, right? I mean, that's how most of us would Mm -hmm. say it. So I don't know how they came up with that. And one other other line that kind of bugged me a little bit was when he did get his finger cut at the (laughs) sawmill, and she's at the hospital. Is this not America? Is baseball not America's favorite pastime? Isn't it just America's pastime, not favorite sure. pastime? Well, and the idea that she'd be arrested in that hospital to begin with. <laughs> right. How does how does a guy, <laughs> whether, I don't know, were they supposed to be in Alaska? Did they ever really say where I, they were? Out there. Yeah. So they're out there someplace. But still, like, one, his hand is almost falling off. That, that's I don't a, know what exactly was going on with the other people in that emergency room. So, one, separate out the whole baseball thing. There's a yeah. guy losing his hand. And then, two, add in that the guy's probably well-known. You would think because he's, as Vin Scully said, he's going to the Hall of Fame. So you would have and to. And he's won and by World the way, Series. Did you ever watch Lost? No. Oh, okay. The Asian doctor was a guy on Lost, Jin. Oh. was his character. So was it was he... fun to see him, and that was a few years before Lost started. But, but that's beside good, the good point. Good for you. But yep. It was fun to see Jin in there because you don't see Jin in too much. <sighs> yeah, that scene bugged me too. But then you have to set it up to go to the ambul- or to the helicopter and yeah. how much she doesn't mean to him. Yeah. What else you got? I feel like you. I thought you'd have more. 
about what you didn't like. I think I'm out. I, well, think, what I've, about, I think I've spent myself on what I didn't do, like. Do you want to talk about the ownership trading the guy? He's 41 years old. Well, was it the ownership or was it the baseball people who were trading him? That's but either because it was the baseball right. people came to the owner, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're the new ownership. Okay, so they're going to trade Billy Chappell as their first thing. Who's going to trade a 41 pitcher? What are you going to get yeah. back for a guy I mean, that's obviously not even able? He, I think his stats said he was eight and eleven that year. Just release him. Yeah, does he have a big contract? Because especially if it's the end of the season, you're not. I mean, you, Nothing's happening then. If you were going to trade him, you should have traded him in July. And don't baseball players, if they've had so many years of service, they can block any trade that they don't want to do? Uh, I think it's still whatever's in the contract. But yeah. that was 20 years plus ago. years ago, so I don't know. Yeah, but then he writes on the baseball for the love of the game. thought you'd like that little tie-in. Tell him I'm through yeah. for the love of the game. Yeah, on a baseball. Yeah. Instead of just waiting until after the game. Which I didn't mind. I like that. In the Before the ninth inning of a perfect game? <laughs> That's what you're thinking of. Is what, I'm done. I'm out of here. Plus, he could barely hold the ball, and he's sitting here on this pen writing a little note. I don't. I guess that bugged me when they were when they were doing the actual baseball stuff. He was on Dan Patrick recently, and he talked about he was out there like throwing 200 pitches a day, <laughs> and his arm was about to fall off. So that was real. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they had him on some painkillers wow. toward the end, and he was just amped up and. Wired up, and he he kind of got into not a, not a. There was a pop up where I, I, apparently there was something happened over near the stands, and so the extras were kind of because they're all New Yorkers, and they yeah. were kind of on him. Oh, Billy Chapel, you suck, and all this different stuff. So he goes over to this pop up. It was popped up, and he runs over there close to the stands, and he decides to catch it behind his back. And so he caught it behind his back. Oh, and he caught it? Yeah, and it's all the extras like, yeah, Billy Chappell. You're, you're awesome. Yeah, you're great. You're great. So do you all think right, final thoughts? Do you think it holds up? I think it does. I think this is a, a storyline that definitely holds up. You could watch it any time. And it, I, I think if I popped it in today and had never seen it, I would probably like it. But one of the issues like, is. Like but not I've love it. Se- yeah, yeah. One of the issues is I've seen it enough that that's why some of the external stuff away from the baseball <laughs> stuff bugs me a little bit more. I think baseball movies hold up overall because the game, I think we talked about this last week too. It's the same game, it's the same field, it's the yeah. same you got three outs in inning, the uniforms haven't changed. You look at football games on even 10 years ago the jerseys are different, the shoulder pads were bigger. They had those tearaway jerseys. Mm-hmm. Basketball you go from big shorts to short shorts, like you can see the change and evolution of the game. But for baseball, it's just the same always. So I think they always hold up pretty well. All right. I like that take. Yeah. Let's end on that. That sounds good to me. Our next movie, I guess we're going to keep with the baseball theme. This is your idea. You're the one that wanted baseball. I don't mind baseball at all, especially since it is summertime. We've got plenty of time to get into other sports. (laughs) That's true. Sandlot? Yep. You down for Sandlot? Sounds great. That'll be our next movie. I'll be critical of that one. Yeah, you're not a huge Sandlot fan, are you? No. I haven't. I have not seen Sandlot, and I don't know how long. I don't think I've seen it in fifteen years. Okay, it might it might be at least ten for me. Well, we'll have to see what we think. Fresh takes. Yep, there we Sandlot. go. Two guys talking sports movies. Talk to you next week. See ya.